You are listening to the one and only Visionaries Wrestling Network. Envisioning excellence and providing your perfect podcast experience. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we have the Wednesday Night Wars Week 3. Uh, Raw tries to make some new stars. New Japan starts its foray into America. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. See? Not bad. Not bad, bad. right? You're getting it. The ditch at 9 to 5. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks, and welcome to the Band from Ringside Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Veggie, a.k.a. Jobbin' a Leech. (laughs) And to my left, uh, as always, it is Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? That was good. That was good right there. Allow us to bow our heads. As I pull down the latest volume of the Band from Ringside podcast, volume 129, chapter 3, verse 14. And the good smart saith, hashtag boo the heels. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat. It is all good, baby. Shout out to my girl, Becky Babo. I will see you on Sunday. Can't wait. Um, interesting week of uh, wrestling, if I do say so myself. Uh, a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff on. going on. Uh, new As stars, always. old stars, all yeah. that good stuff. It's, it's a weird time in wrestling. It's oh, a shit. it's a fruitful time in wrestling. Uh, we are without Two Beer Zach tonight. Uh, he had a sick child, so uh, we love you, Zach. Hey, we Don't love you, Lucha. We love you, Lucha Chris. Fuck Murray, man. But mm. uh, but. We wish you well, uh, Zach's child. I'm not going to say her name on. Yeah, I was about to say we don't want to do that. Yeah, I don't like want to do that. It's just not my business. If no. he wants to say her name, yeah, he can by say all her means. Name. Yeah, I was going to. But say uh, so we have a ton of stuff to talk about. True. Uh, this is our third week at uh, the Veggie household, or maybe the, the fourth. Dare week. I say the the layer, if you will, the layer. Yeah, I don't like saying man cave. I no. think that's stupid. If no, you watch enough house hunters, it sounds stupid, but I do have a place down here where I get to watch wrestling and my band gets to practice. I also work down here. This so, is true. I was getting ready yeah. to say it's all and, encompassing. That's what uh, I'm I should also mention that the cats shit down here. There's a cat litter box. To my uh, 9 o'clock? Yeah, that would be my 9 o'clock. That yeah. doesn't mean that this isn't a professional podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We've had Eric Bishop on this podcast. Okay, preach. I have been chopped Twice by professional wrestler Kurt Stallion. Thank you. On this podcast. Okay. So so just because we're in the basement, we still love Shock City. We love Sam the Mauler Mall. We Mr. love Rich Harris. We love Andrew Bushway. We love Matthew Creek. Uh, we still owe them some money, I think. So yeah, we should they, probably, they, they, yeah, we we should should probably, probably pay, pay them as soon, as soon as possible. <laughs> uh, before we get too far into it, though... Um, we want to talk about our sponsor, JJ Twigs. Uh, so we have a new challenge because what we need from you guys, from the listeners, Mm-mm. is five-star reviews on iTunes. And if you don't want to give a five-star review, that's fine. Just don't give a review at all. But if you want to give a five-star <laughs> review and you take a screenshot of you giving a five-star review and then you send it to Band from Ringside, I will send you, not me, but... When I say I, I mean the royal I, the entire podcast. Right. We will send you probably be me a <laughs> JJ Twigs ten dollar <laughs> gift card where you can go to JJ Twigs, which is right down the street from my house. Hell, if you uh, DM me, maybe I'll meet you there. I'll have a couple cocktails. I'll it, watch. It could easily happen. Watch some football. It, yeah. Watch some NBA. You I know. Was ready to say with the NBA coming around, yeah, I could easily see I, you. I, oh, I'm I, going uh, down the street for a pizza, Aaron. Uh, yeah, 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 hey, Aaron. 
I'll be heading down the street for the pizza. <laughs> Two hours later. Uh, three three shots of Jim Beam and a couple of, you know, whatever. Yeah. Gin and sodas. But if you take a screenshot of giving us a five-star review and DM us with it, we will send you a $10 gift card to JJ Twigs on Southampton. It's the best pizza. It's no joke. It, they're also really good burgers, also really good wings. Everything Talks is good there. So hit us up. And we will send you the cards. I mean, it's just that easy. Just a screenshot, and you get 10 bucks worth of free stuff from J.J. Twigs on Southampton. Uh, but without further ado, let's get to that three count. One, two, three. J. Bell, what's number one? Going to do something a little different. Uh, I know we talked about Raw and... New Japan and other things, but to me, I thought the biggest thing coming from this week of wrestling was the heel turn of one Finn Bauer. Finn awesome. Bauer coming out and a, well, it looked like he was going to join the side of DIY versus the Undisputed Era, and sure then did. the kick heard round the world happened, and all hell broke loose. Undisputed Era jumps DIY, then. Gargano gets taken out by Finn Balor later on. Uh, believe it, it was the Bloody Sunday uh, yeah. finisher yes. that he used to do in New Japan that he couldn't do in WWE. In any event, needless to say, it, to me it was the oh shit moment of the week where you didn't see it coming and when it happened, I'm like, oh, now that's what he said last week actually makes sense now. Uh, I'm basically going looking towards the past looking at the past going towards the future, the past being, in this case, more of a Prince Devitt heel-ish character, if you will. What was something else that I thought was interesting at the end of the segment when Undisputed Era was throwing it up, the UE, Finn Bauer kind of looked at uh, Johnny Gargano and gave the, I'll call it the Bullet Club kind of, you know, shot salute or whatever the case may be. So is this a bullet club coming from Finn Bauer? One doesn't know, but it definitely has a lot of possibilities, more so possibilities with Finn Bauer being a heel, staying away from Undisputed Era versus Finn Bauer being a face. It makes more sense when you think about it. Like when it happened, I all these scenarios started going through my head. I was like, oh, this makes more sense because it can keep Ciampa away from the main event title feud if ease he needs in, to. Because I'm, I'm a firm believer you still need to ease Ciampa in. As much as I love Ciampa and I want him to jump right, right but back then you can the have break. Then you can have Balor versus Gargano, which is a match. I don't know if it's ever happened. I don't think it's happened. We can have Balor versus Ciampa. I don't know if it's ever happened. I don't think it's at least on the, on the WWE realm of, of uh, the universe, I don't think it's happened. Right. It might have happened on the indies somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. I'm, sure, I'm sure those guys know each other yeah, somewhere Yeah, I'm sure somewhere on. Let's just stick for WWE purposes. We haven't seen Ciampa, Bauer. We Definitely haven't seen not. Definitely uh, not. Bauer or Gargano against each other. So, so I mean, you have right D- there. Yeah, DIY reunite. Maybe. Well, it, the, it, it, it looks like it. It looked like they were, they're both baby faces. It looked like they were both getting along with each other. If... They would have turned if they turn on each other. Then all of a sudden, we're very heel heavy. Yeah, right? I, yeah. If you want, I don't think we're heel heavy, but it would if they're going to turn on each other. It's going they're going to turn on each other because of Goldie. Yes, yes, because of Goldie, which is what Chapa calls the belt. Um, 
I was watching this live. I, I have to say this. I was watching a lot of stuff last night. I was watching AEW. My my wife was gone. I was watching. She was teaching a yoga class. (laughs) This is such a South City story. My wife was teaching yoga. I was watching AEW. I was watching NXT. I was watching the World Series, and I was watching the Sixers Celtics because I had money on it. But (laughs) Shocker. I know. It's so weird. Did you cover? Yeah, yeah, the Sixers, they were minus six, they won by 12. Uh, so, but when it came down to, and really the Finn Balor turn kind of overshadowed, which was a takeover level main event. No, it was really good. Which was a triple threat match, my personal fave. Indeed. Uh, which was uh, Keith Lee versus, I, I can't even Donovic, say it. Donovic Dijakovic. I can't say it the way that they say it. It, it should be Dijakovic, right, but, but they say Dijakovic. Whatever. But anyway. Frenemy of the show. Frenemy of the show. It was Dijak versus Keith Lee versus Roderick Strong in a triple threat match that was a barn burner. Surprised by the finish? Uh, no, I thought that the reason that they made it a triple threat was because then I guess Lee surprised and Di- by the queen finish. No, not really. Lee, okay. Lee and Dijak could beat each other up, and then Strong could come in, come in and get the uh, roll-up finish. Basically, I mean, it kick wasn't a roll-up finish. Yeah, but, but kick yeah. finish, you know, clean up, the, pick up the pieces. Or pick whatever. up the pieces, and then he won. Um, I don't think that that match should be overshadowed by the ending, but it has yeah, been. No, it, it that totally was a great. That was no, a great it was match. a really good match. No question about it. But I mean, takeover it, level, right? I mean, it was. It, it wouldn't have been a if it was on TV takeover. Time, TV time, it was twelve minutes. There was two commercial breaks, so it was a twenty minute match. Yeah, so I mean, if that was on takeover, that'd have been a nice little you know mid card match, match, whatever the case may be. Yes. That'd, that'd have been fine. Um, the bad part about it is, is that you know Finn Bauer is so popular in full sale. When the heel turn happened, you could hear like the the audible like oh you know oh you know and full sale was totally swerved i was swerved it you didn't see it coming and that's what i love about a good swerve it's where you don't see it coming and it's a payoff and it's immediate payoff what you're probably getting away from this is gargano bauer coming off the jump because obviously they separated each other from it looked like they were setting up a war games match. I thought that's where we were going to. I thought we were going to get a fourth guy, yeah, and then and it was going to be war there's games. There's your war games because obviously that's coming up here in a, in a month or so, give or take. But then, like you said, that's why the Finn Balor heel turn because it was so impactful. We haven't seen it in WWE one. You didn't. We've see never it seen a heel Balor. We haven't seen heel Balor in right. WWE. Right. We haven't seen a scenario where it was. I wouldn't say we haven't seen it, but it was just like I said, it was so non, non, just didn't even see it. It wasn't comedy. telegraphed. Not at all. Right. I mean, that usually, at least when I say main roster, I'll use it in quotes, and I say main roster, Raw and SmackDown being main roster, you can kind of see it coming. Right. You did not see that coming. If you did, you're full of shit or you're yeah. reading spoilers. Right. One or the other. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, if you're not reading spoilers, you can't tell me you didn't do like, okay, yeah, here comes War Games. I haven't seen any indication that there were any spoilers that Balor was going to flip heel. No. No. Uh, then, like and I, I don't, you know, I don't re- go searching for spoilers, but if you look on Facebook, Twitter, Twitter somebody's right. going to say something. There you, was no indication. When this. you're our age, if you've been watching wrestling as long as we have, when there's a moment that's as charged as there was with 
Ciampa and Gargano out there standing off against Undisputed Era, and then Balor's music plays, and then he comes down, and you're like, oh, shit. And so you're sitting there, and you're on the edge of your seat, and you're like, what's going to happen here? In the back of your mind, there's always this little tickle that's like, yeah, I mean, one of these guys could turn heel right here, but it rarely happens. Yeah, I was going to say. I was thinking thinking that Gargano was going to turn heel. That was my thought right okay, there. Okay, no, and, and if that would have happened, it would have got just as big as audible gas, if not bigger. But, but the, the way it played out was perfect because Balor turned heel with a Pele kick. Is that what you call it? Yeah. Pele kick? And then he kind of just rested in the uh, corner yeah, while Undisputed Era just started. <laughs> and really, this it, it's really a testament to how cool Adam Cole is because at Adam Cole uh, – Gave a lot of different emotions with just a few looks looking at Balor. He was surprised. He was like, what the fuck's going on? And then he kind of looked at him with, like, resigned, like, respect. He was like, hell yeah. He's like, nice, dude. And Balor just kind of stood back and just watched Undisputed Air clean those two motherfuckers up, which was very, very cool. It was one of those moments in wrestling that don't happen a whole lot, but when they happen, that's why you're there. And and to me, that was... Obviously, we can go on if if we want to. If not, no big deal. Oh, we got uh, all the time, time in the world, yeah, man. No shit. Uh, that was one of the cool things about a heel heel dynamic because one heel in Adam Cole is basically trying to keep the prophecy alive. Now you have the new heel in Finn Bauer. Like, okay, yeah, I did what I needed to do. Now y'all can go ahead and, and start whooping these motherfuckers' asses if you want to. And then at a later point, when you throw Gargano out. That's when I'll go ahead and make my mark against Johnny Gargano, which I thought was just—I mean, you, he could have easily gotten into the fray and been a part of this little melee. But when he, he separated himself away from it, I kind of right. was like, "Oh, this is different." I'm like, "Oh right. no, I'm because, not used to this." Because he was saying very clearly, "I'm not undisputed era. No, I'm a free agent, right? As a heel." But I'll I'll do your guys' bidding for you. Now you guys do my bidding for me. Somewhere down the line, this is going to come back. Now where how and it comes back, you don't cool know. And that's cool character development. And that to to me, I, I mean, I was hyped. I was no, it was it was well, it was a perfect ending to a really good show. Because like I said, and I, I know I've said it, and I keep and I'll just keep harping on it because it just you didn't see it coming. I'm watching it this morning. I'm like, oh. Oh no! What? Yeah, and be- Finn Balor turned heel. Fuck no! Before we get too far past it, because we're going to talk about AEW in here in a second, because the one count is about the Wednesday Night Wars, which is right now it's the most vital thing that's happening in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Bianca Belair versus Rhea Ripley. Uh, I said it on Twitter. Uh, I think Bianca's kind of losing a little luster. Um, she came in real hot, obviously, you know, undefeated, and then when she got that first loss, it's kind of been a, a little bit of a decline. Kudos to Rhea Ripley. I mean, she looks great. The kick yeah. that uh, she got with Bianca Belair, kind of like doing a leapfrog and then coming back, she kicked her in mid-leapfrog. I thought that was absolutely amazing. Rhea Ripley, obviously, I think is going to be the next one in line to uh, Shayna Baszler now. It seems like it. It yes. feels like it. All Everybody else is kind of like ancillary characters at this point. You got EO facing off with Candice LeRae. I'm, I'm assuming that's next week. 
Bianca Belair is kind of like the eye person out in this point, and Rhea Ripley and but you know, what, you know what's gone. cool about this these Wednesday Night Wars though is that they're actually like advertising matches in advance. They're like, oh, hey, you know what, Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae next week. And if they would have just popped that up, like when I turn on NXT, I'd be like, oh, this seems cool. But if you tell me a week in advance, I'm like. Okay, yeah, here we go. Cancel A versus Io Shirai, because that means they're thinking about it. Right, and it's now like they're making it must-see TV for us where this week was the triple threat, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go to sleep, and I'm not going to watch, you know, the last hour of NXT. I woke up this morning and I watched it, but from that point on, didn't go on, you know, any social media because I didn't want it to be spoiled. And I had, like I said, when Ben Balor flipped, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, this is nice. That's why I hate spoilers because I want to know. I want to feel that genuine emotion. That genuine emotion for me was, oh, shit, Ben Balor just flipped. So let's work backwards from what my biggest thing was watching all of it last night. Okay. Uh, My biggest thing was I was, like I said, watching a lot of stuff. A multitude of shit. A multitude of shit. Uh, But. You know, I knew I had the podcast due the day, and I I owed it to my listeners yeah, to to watch it and, yeah, of course. and you know take notes on everything. Um, so it seemed to me that wrestling Twitter, and I have a wrestling only Twitter, BF, at BFR Bill, at BFR JCB, at BFR Zach with an H, at BFR Lucha, Lucha Chris, and at BFR Pod. So I was on my wrestling only Twitter, and NXT was basically non-existent. There was really? n- there was nothing on there about NXT at all. It was all AEW, which I get. Everybody's excited about AEW. It just seemed to me like everybody's forgotten about NXT already, and that's a good thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying that's a good thing that my Twitter feed is so psyched up about the new thing that it's going to make NXT have to be that much better. What I'm saying is NXT was that much better last night. NXT was fire last night. We no, had there's no question about Cameron it. Cameron Grimes versus Riddle. That, yeah, in that was a, a really 10 or 11 match. minute match. That rule, Cameron Grimes is a great up and comer. Um, yeah. They're, they're making a new guy out of him. They made Damian Priest last week. If they wanted to do like a third title on NXT, I guess the Cruiserweight title is the de, de facto third title. Cameron Grimes, you can easily see going for that. You can easily see him going for the uh, the North American title, depending on the champion, in this case, Adam Cole. Adam Cole, Cameron Grimes, at least hey, size-wise, makes sense. You can go that route, too. Uh, but AEW was also very good last night. Uh, they opened up. I mean, they opened, They came out of the shoot. <laughs> they came out of the shoot firing on all cylinders. Seriously, they had Private Party versus Lucha Bros., and then they followed that up with SoCal Uncensored versus Dark Order. Dark Order is not my favorite. Those guys can. Uh, those guys can. They can go. They can work. It's just a shitty ass gimmick. I'm not. I'm not going to disagree know, with that. And I here, said it here's on the thing. There's so many guys that can. You know, me and Jason are right here fighting my dog because my dog is so fucking annoying. I know. She's Reba. not annoying. She's fine. So, Dark Order is a. Those are guys that can work. It's a shitty gimmick. I'm not disagree with that. Awful gimmick. It's a guy in a gimmick. I need, mask. Uh, I need it's to an see awful gimmick. I need to see more of the background story. And I think that's part something that AEW doesn't do enough enough of is for just for the dark order because we're talking about him. We need to know why 
they are acting this way. Somewhere down yes, this road, they've turned into this cult or whatever you want to call them. Why is that? Why is right. Evil Uno apparently the the <laughs> right. face of this cult? Right. They don't. They are not doing that sort of thing, and, then, and that's one of the big knocks against AEW. I'll say that. Yeah, and you know what? We're three weeks into AEW, and Dean Ambrose still hasn't cut a promo, which I also think is very strange. But eh, like. Yeah. Ah, come on. He's one, he's their biggest. No, I'm not. No, I'm not saying it. I don't think that it's not like NWA power. That's more promo heavy, for and ring second. This is more ring first, promo heavy if, second. If you're a new viewer, okay, to AEW fair, no, though, it's a fair, and you don't know point. who, and you don't know who the fuck Dean Ambrose is, that's or who John point. Moxley is, that's that guy point. needs to cut a promo. No, that's a fair point. And like I said, that's where AEW needs to do a better job. Because I think they're taking for granted that those who watch are the hardcore indie fans. So they know who Joey Janela is. They know who Dark Order is. They know who Private Party is. So you don't really have to introduce them to these people. That's a problem. And they need to do a better job with that across right. the board. But AEW, like I said, came out of the shoot firing on all cylinders last night. Private Party versus Lucha Bros was a killer match. I Dark love or- their gin and juice fucking finisher. Again. I know. Oh, Pri- Private Party. Is stars. I'm sure Vince wondered why Street Profits were on AEW, but he might have figured it out later. <laughs> uh, then they came out with Omega Janela, who did 13 minutes. Apparently, I didn't see it on AEW Dark. Omega and Janela did 30 minutes. I haven't seen it yet. Those guys can clearly work together. Then the fourth segment was Cody cutting his promo with uh, the inner circle up. <laughs> Well, they bought tickets, obviously, and... I don't know why the champ has to buy a ticket, but... Because uh, it's a luxury box, man. They, yeah, but why, jokers, does, uh, why does Jericho have to buy a ticket? Because oh. it's a luxury box. Right. You ain't getting okay. that joker right. free. Not right. even the champ. All right. All right. Buy a ticket, get your ass up in the luxury box. Sure. It didn't make sense at first, and it kind of took away from the, the tag match that was going on, but then... Ultimately, by this segment, it's it starts good, to make sense. It's a good hook for the viewer, though, to be like, hey, here comes Jericho and his new boys. Uh, they're probably going to fuck around later on, so you should probably keep watching the show. Right. I mean, it, the first 35 minutes of AEW had one commercial break and two crazy nonstop tag team matches. Matches that had nope. storyline, right. you know, importance, you know. Yeah, the because fi- it was the for the tournament. The tournament, yeah. yeah. Um. Scorpio Sky. Scorpio Sky is a stud. Dude. dude. Okay, I'm telling you. Private party of your studs. You. Lucha Brothers made them look like a million bucks. Yeah, yeah, and it's not really hard to do, but Lucha Brothers definitely it's, did it's their not, job. It's not really hard to do, but they put them over. Yeah, for sure. Like, even in the loss. and uh, They come it, out better than they did coming in. Um, SCU was, a, like I said, it was a surprise to me. I thought it was going to be dark order, especially with the first round bye. But I'm really going – that's why I said Scorpio Sky. I'm telling you right now, there is going to be some sort of chicanery, fuckery inside of SCU. It's going to surround Scorpio Sky. I don't know if Daniels is going to come back and act, you know, all jealous because Scorpio Sky is doing well. Right, and no that's how you Scorpio have – Scorpio Sky versus Daniels. Right. Yep. You have something like that or the, the faction implodes a little bit and you have – Kazarian and uh, Daniels on one side, Scorpio Sky on the other. I don't know, but there is something that's getting ready to happen with SEU. And then we get Cody with the inner circle, the promo that Cody cut. 
Um, Cody's promo was fine. I, Do I you have a problem with him referencing WWE? That's exactly what I was going to say. I think that they should just act like WWE doesn't exist. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's what get people. That's what gets people to watch more. Is that it's a bunch of people that go ahead. I'll, I'll let me, you go they, ahead. They hate WWE, so they like Cody throwing shade at WWE. I think that when you, I think that when you acknowledge that there's another entity that's bigger than yours, I think that that's that makes your entity look small time. I think it's I think it's kind of like Napoleon complex. It's kind of like when mm-hmm. Cubs fans are pissed off at Cardinals fans right. or just so you don't know I'm just so you know I'm not a complete homer when Mizzou fans are pissed off at KU basketball right. because KU basketball is so obviously much so much better than Mizzou. It just kind of like shows that you're the little brother. You know? No, I I could see that and there, and that's a lot of a lot of people say that is what are their biggest problems? Or well, not biggest problems. But I think they need complaints. to leave it alone. I I didn't have a problem with it. I didn't. It, it didn't go on too long. It was a cheap pop shot at across the WWE bow. Oh, it got a big pop, and it got a pop. I wasn't. And I think I, that was the. I think that was the reason why they did it. I think I was looking at my phone when it happened. And I heard everybody go crazy, and then I rewound it, and I was like, "Oh, that's it." And I was like, "That's yeah," good. because I'm. But it was. It's an AEW crowd. So I would have just assumed that the majority don't like WWE for whatever reason. So if you give them a reason to pop against WWE, they did it. I mean, was it the best line? No, of course. WWE I has get people it. Like go, what what's the invisible wall? It basically like here's the wall. I'm in the ring, Bills up the ramp and we're going to be at each other. But WWE has done all sorts of things where there's exactly. a guy in the upper Exactly. Okay. Or, got, right, or somebody's right. come up in, you know, through the, the stands to go get somebody in the the skybox or whatever, and it spills outside in the concession. We've seen that in WWE. I guess I know I'm doing something right when people on Twitter call me a WWE homer and a WWE hater. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess I'm doing something right because I've been called both several times. I was going to say, you're just not, you're not coming down hard on like I am. See, you just, you're very just. I'm just equal opportunity. No, you're, you're you know, um, not emotional about it. You know, I get my emotion into it. I get on, you know, one of my typical tirades. You at least have some sort of intellectual thought process to it. It might not always be yeah, right. I always get accused of that. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, but it's, there's at least some uh, sort of thought you're process. not emotional enough. Hey, don't check out the holes in the wall when we're walking <laughs> up the stairs. No problem. <laughs> uh, so we can't go through everything. I put something on Twitter last night because Pac versus Pac, it's it's – doesn't sound like Pac, right? It doesn't it's got to be like Pac. Pac. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, Pac versus Moxley had a twenty-minute match with a twenty-minute time limit. Ended up I in the draw that. last night. I hate. I didn't. I, didn't, I shouldn't say that. I hated the the time limit. You know, TV time remaining when they announced the match. Yeah. And it's TV time remaining. Just don't say that. Just, or just don't make it the opening match. Just end with Private Party versus Lucha Bros. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, then you could then you can have a draw. So anyway, for those that didn't watch, Pack and Moxley had a draw, which, like I said, I'm fine with the draw. I'm fine with the draw too because, like, if they don't have them very often, they can further yeah, the storyline yeah. really and, well. Yeah. See Kenny Omega versus Kachukata Agata. How do, yeah, how do you just, say it? Just say 
Kazucha. Kazucha Okada. Yeah. I always just say Okada. Yeah. You guys know I love Okada. Yeah, I was about to say, make it easy on yourself. <laughs> but anyway, a draw can further a storyline really, really well. Without question. It's kind of a fart in the wind at the end of a show. Yeah, but, I mean, you know that there's more coming, which is fine. The crowd would have been hot as fuck if they would have came out Moxley versus Pac and ended with Lucha Bros versus Private Party, right? I'm not going to disagree with that. Good. Okay, I was going to say. Cool, yeah. Ultimately, you disagreed with. No. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I'll just say it like this. I get why they did it just for the fact that you have Moxley and Pac, two of your biggest stars on the roster, single stars. So, yeah, you probably want to close the show with that. Right. You already did uh, – you got Cody and uh, Jericho's storyline uh, advanced. You advanced the uh, the tag team tournament. So, I mean, you know, by process of elimination, you now are not stuck with this, but this is the close of the show. Like I said, the draw wasn't a bad deal. You know you're going to get more. The match was good. I just thought that – when you said TV time remaining, I'm in the back of my mind. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. It's a draw. Yeah, I was getting ready to say it's something's getting ready it to happen. It away. Yeah, a yeah. little bit. But at the end of the day, even if it's, it was given away a little bit, the match was still good, and it kept my interest. So now I'm like, okay, what's going to happen next week? To me, that's the sign of a good show because I'm wondering what's going to happen next week. So to come back around to my original point, I said that um, – I got some shit because I said that wrestling Twitter forgot about NXT. And like I said, when I was looking at Twitter, there was no NXT shit. I was watching NXT like, am I watching this in a parallel universe? Like, what the fuck is going on? And, you know, friend of the show, Mark Ordelon, said, shouted out to me on uh, Twitter and said, because I put something, I said, well, you guys were watching the draw, Keith Lee, Dijakovic, and... Roderick Strong were putting on a takeover level event, you know, yeah, and then yeah. and then and then there was a and I said there then there was a crazy post match angle because I didn't want to give it away. No, for you don't want to give it away because I'm a, I'm a good shit. Yeah, you know, you don't want to give it away. I'll I'll give it. I'll I'll tell you flat out. You look at my Twitter handle and especially if I'm going live, I will give this shit away. Yeah, I'm I watching know. it live. I know you do. Well, yeah, sorry, like, man. Shit. When I'm watching G1 and I happen to check Twitter, it's like <laughs> J Bell gave everything away. <laughs> Like he's fucking Sports Center or something, but like, uh, but you know, Mark, friend of the show, says AEW atmosphere greater than greater than greater than five greater thans, better than NXT atmosphere, and I'm just thinking. I know that AEW's crowd is great, and I know that that makes the product even Last better. Last night's crowd was off the chain. Off the chain. I don't but care if it was not a sellout. NXT, it was they got loud when they needed to get loud. But Go NXT, ahead. NXT's atmosphere is also very good. It's different. They darken the crowd. It's a smaller crowd. But when you're watching an NXT main event, and it's in that small, it's in Full Sail University, and you're and it's getting close to the for lack of a better word the climax of the event for the climax of the match and you know you're down to the last five or six minutes and you're i mean you're conditioned as the fan like you know it's coming down and you know there's a bunch of badass shit coming i don't know if there's anything better than that now in that smaller crowd when it's three guys just spot after spot after spot, and it's just so badass. I, I don't know which. I don't know which atmosphere is better. I think they're both great. 
this is why I kind of like um, NWA Power. We were talking about that before we d- were trying to decide what we we're going to do for the three count. Which and truly feels empty. It does. Mm-hmm. But that's why I like it. Okay? The fans, I can't remember who, I think it was Aaron Stevens said, made some comment, um, former Damian Sandow. Um, yeah, I love him. Okay. I mean, right there is a, a great reason to watch because, I mean, I think he's just going to come out and be absolutely amazing on this show because, like I said, it's so promo heavy. But the the studio feel just gives it a different type of vibe. It's a different type of atmosphere. It's the same thing for Full Sail. When, and I won't even use Bauer anymore because that's just being overblown, but when Io Shirai came out and attacked uh, Rhea Ripley in the opening match, that got a huge pop. When Candice Ray came out to, you know, make the save, that got a huge pop. Full Sail is invested every yeah. Oh, week. yeah, man. I don't care if it's 500 people. When those 500 people come in and get busy with it, they are invested from basically the start to the finish. And if you give them a good match, and in the case of last night, you gave them at least one, two, three good matches. Brizango with the new gimmick. I thought that shit was off the chain comedy. You threw in Isaiah Scott. NXT was a really good show last night. Is that Swerve? Yeah, 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 Swerve. Uh, yeah. NXT was a really good show last night, and they gave you three good matches, one at the start, one at the end, and one in the middle. And AEW gave us a nonstop, like nonstop show. No, the, it the was... Young Bucks had a match too. Britt Baker versus uh, uh, Jamie Hayter. Hayter, yeah. Uh, they had a match too. And, I mean, this is what competition brings. It didn't take very long for us to have two Killer shows on Wednesday night. Yeah, and, I'm, and this is it, why I'm glad I, I watched them separately, so that way I'm just not like, oh, shit, oh, shit. I know. I, I had to watch them separately. But what? But this is, like, what we were hoping for, right. and it only took three weeks to get into it. No, because, it, I think it uh, – I don't even think that this is As good as it's going to get? Oh, of course it's going to get better. I mean, oh, I yes. expect it to get better because, you know, we're just so early Last night in. was a really good night of wrestling, though. And I don't – and I'll say it like this. If – you want if you want to play the ratings game and NXT lost again numbers wise. Uh, I don't even know the exact numbers. I don't even care about ratings to be perfectly honest. I just like to yeah. watch whatever the yeah. show speaks best I, to me. Is I, the think one that, I think I think that most people probably watch both. I think most people probably watch both, but then one or the other for whatever reason speaks to you a little more. Maybe both speak to you equally. I don't know. I'll just say this. I don't think that Triple H. Did the Finn Balor turn in response to failed ratings, quote-unquote? No. I think this was something that was already in the works. They had had this plan, and then they executed it last night and executed it, dare I say, flawlessly. Dude, I, I, I completely agree. Now let's get to something that we disagree about. <laughs> and that'll bring us to our two counts. One, two, three. All right, so the two count is Monday Night Raw and SmackDown this week. Uh, Are we going to disagree for real? Seriously? I feel like you just know this. I feel like we're going to disagree about some stuff. Uh, I feel like Monday Night Raw was pretty good, and I feel like it had Heyman's touches all over it. Uh, They made a couple new stars. They made some stars out of the Street Profits. 
No, they didn't. No, don't roll your no, eyes at that. No, they didn't. And they made a star out of Umberto Carrillo. Like, they may, maybe not made a star, no, but, but I they, mean. They definitely put Umberto Carrillo's name on the map because I, I know when he was drafted, a lot of people were like, who's this guy? Who's this guy? And that just goes to show that a lot of people don't watch 205 Live, which is, you know, neither here nor there. I, I get why you don't. I get why people yeah. do. But people only have so much time to watch wrestling. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I'm not going to knock anybody for it. I'll just say this. The the setup for the match was a little weird because it felt like th- that Carrillo took a shot at Seth Rollins, and then Seth kind of comes back later on, you know, basically, you know, I hear, you know, you talking shit. Let's go in the ring and settle it. The match itself was good, obviously. that uh, Very that, good. Yeah, you knew that Seth was going to go over. But then, of course, now I'm waiting for a fiend, some sort of appearance, and that doesn't happen. Apparently, there was a a dark match that they end up having a cage match where Bray loses Queen, so that might be a precursor to what's getting ready to happen in Saudi. If that happens, then all hell's getting ready to break loose. Anyway, neither here nor there. Um, I'll just say this about the Street Profits. For what that match was, it, it for me, it didn't make them – any bigger than what they really are. To me, they were more of a star backstage than what they did in the ring on Monday night. The biggest deal was Kevin Owens coming out and basically saving the day. The Street Profits didn't do anything that was, oh, you know, so mind-blowing or so eye-opening that, you know, oh, my God, you know, these guys are great. We've seen this scene before. Kevin Owens was the story of that where he came down and him and AJ got into it. After that, it was just basically fatal complete. The OC is there to take the fall, which they did, of course. Street Profits go over, they go into the stands, and, you know, they do, you know, the, the baby face thing. I don't think by any – things that they did in NXT made them bigger stars than what they did on the ring, on Raw Monday night. I mean, I couldn't disagree more. So we're, we're past the draft portion of Raw – and now we're into the Paul Heyman yeah. era. Right. Right? Yeah. So Paul Heyman's not trying to pop a rating. Paul Heyman's not trying to I mean, obviously, with the way this this raw played out, I mean, as, aside from Flair being the opener, <laughs> which we, we we can talk about that in a minute. But outside of Flair being the opener, this seemed like a raw that was looking towards the future. It was I mean, it was different. The street the street profits were around the entire show. They kept cutting backstage promos, kept wondering who the third guy was gonna be. And you can you can think it's going to be this big surprise, but the crowd popped when it was Kevin Owens. Uh I just think they should have just led with Kevin Owens and just made it a, a six man. I think that that was. But then a lot you don't of, get the pop. Okay, but that, you could have still got the pop and had a good match, adding Kevin Owens as a part because a lot of if we want to talk about wrestling Twitter, I was a part of it. You've been you know announcing this as a six man tag, a six man tag, a six man tag, and then at the end, well not even at the end, somewhere in the middle of Raw. They kind of, you know, snuck it in that it was going to be a tag team match. And then you have this kind of open-ended, you know, storyline that's going on. And I think that's kind of always the, the biggest problem with WWE is that it's just not a continuity, like a, a flow of logical thought. At some point, 
something's getting ready to change. And I guess at some point they made the change midway through the show where it was no longer a six-man tag. It became a tag team match. I think you may be getting bogged down in the details a little bit too much. I mean, when was the last time that a tag team debuted, had a Raw debut, in-ring debut, in the main event slot of a Raw? I'm not going to disagree with the main event portion of it, okay? The Street Profits... Well, you can. It's a fact. No, the Street Profits in the main event is something to be said. Now, did they do anything that made them, you know, oh, shit, they're getting ready to go against the Viking Raiders next week? No. They did what they've done in NXT. They've They've done more, and I'll stick to this. Since coming on Raw, they've done more backstage... To get them over than they did anything they yeah, did, did on that, Monday night. That that's what wrestling is though. Like, do you care more like in terms of professional wrestling, do you care more about work rate, which let's be honest, work rate is abundant these days. If you want to watch guys that can work, there's tons of places to watch guys work. Fair. There's not a whole lot of great characters, especially in the WWE. The Street Profits are confident, they've been given the platform. Backstage at Raw, they've been the like uh, de facto hosts of Raw for the last couple months, right? Yeah, okay. They're, they're both really good. Angelo One's Dawkins, good. no, Angelo Dawkins good. is good. Do not sleep on Angelo Dawkins. He's I'm, not yeah, the best in ring guy. I'm snoozing. I think Montez Ford is has, the star. I think that he has a chance to break out. Like I think he has a chance to star in a movie. In five years. Like, I think that, no, I really do. I think, <laughs> no, I think he has a chance to break out. Okay. Did you see at the end of Raw when he grabbed the baby? Yeah. And started dancing with the baby yeah. and the baby was smiling? Yeah. That's going to be a moment that they will show for a long time on Raw recaps and Street Profit, whatever, uh, DVD, yeah, whatever. Good. Yeah, here's the What do they call them, 24-7? Yeah, here's the Street Profits first night on Monday They night made Raw. a start. They And obviously, Heyman's real high on them. Like, you don't have to pitch posh everything, man. Like, you can know. say. What? Uh, you want me to just agree with you to agree with you? I'm not going to agree with you on no, this. No, I think I'm you sorry. agree with me because I'm right. No, you're not right. Gosh. They were They were already quote-unquote stars coming in. All they did coming up to this point is introduce – the masses to those who don't watch NXT, this is the Street Profits. They're going to be the version of the New Day for Raw. That's what they are. Oh, no. They're yeah, way better than New Day. I'm not saying that. Look, you can argue that if you want to. They are the Raw version of the New Day. I, I can't even believe I'm having this conversation. That was a star-making performance on Raw. No, it they wasn't. put them in the main event. No, it wasn't. They were basically unknown two months ago to the Raw audience. Did they the raw some, audience is not the NXT audience. They use, that, that, that's you're, that's a personal diamond on those who d- decide they want to sleep on NXT. That's on them. No, no, no. I'm, they were. It's the not ladder a personal match. indictment on any. The ladder match was not on Raw. Okay, that's a star making performance. The raw audience. I, I mean, I, I don't. I shouldn't have to repeat myself. It's not the same thing. You're going to so what you're telling me is what happened on Monday night is equivalent to anything they've done on NXT in terms of people that saw them? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Of course it is. Okay. You think more people watch NXT takeovers than watch Raw on any given night? 
You think four million people watching NXT Takeover? No, four fuck million, no. Four million people were not watching Monday Night Raw. Let's get that off the jump. Right, okay, three and a half million. No, it was like two point three. Dude, if it was test. one and a half million, it'd still be more than people that watch NXT Takeovers. Okay, and you're gonna still get those same people that don't really. Even I'm care. pouring my wine. Don't ask me to talk again for the next ten seconds. Fine, I'll talk shit. I ain't got no problem with that. You're asking people that really are seeing the street profits for the first time to invest. And this is the way you invest? No, you don't invest like that because you brought Kevin Owens in. And that's not a knock. Wrong. No, what do you mean wrong? No. The biggest pop was for Kevin Owens. The street profits came out was basically like, you know. Uh... So what? So they had a shitty crowd. It doesn't mean that the, the, the crowd that's watching them live is not the crowd that's watching them at home. It's not even the same thing. People saw them, and people were like, we like these guys. And then Kevin Owens came down. Everybody popped, and they were like, we probably like these guys more. And then Montez Ford does a 20-foot-high frog splash and fucking— Like we haven't seen that before. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you've been there, done that, at least for me. I know this is an audio medium, but I was just scratching my head. <laughs> just, I, I just can't even believe that you're fighting me on this. It's, to me, that's not making a star. The biggest pop, the biggest angle was about Kevin Owens. The street profits were the appetizer. Let me ask you. Kevin me, Owens and AJ Styles. Let me ask Oscar. you this. If Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson were fighting that tag team match against the street profits in front of that AEW crowd, would that have been a star-making performance? With the AW crowd going fucking crazy? No, I mean you're. Oh no! It's, it's still apples. No. it's apples and oranges at this point. I mean, the crowd doesn't have no. anything to do with this. It makes a, it makes a match better. Of course, the crowd has something. It to do with It makes the match better, but it's still, what happens in the ring is still happening in the ring. If it's if it's a crap performance in the ring, then the crowd's going to turn on it. If it's a great performance in the ring, then the crowd's going to get into it. Was that a it crap, enhances? Was that a crap performance by the Street Profits? It was not a star making performance. It wasn't a star making performance. I mean, was that a star-making performance by Umberto Carrillo? More so than it was for the Street Profits, yeah. Why? Because he's a better worker? No, because it's a fact that you really didn't know who Umberto Carrillo was. More Less people watch 205 Live than people that watch NXT. It was both of their first matches on Raw, though. Umberto Carrillo had the better match. That to me was more of a well, star. Alberto Carrillo's match. the better worker against that's the Universal Champion. Yeah, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, there's workers everywhere. Who has more of a character, the Street Profits or Alberto Carrillo? Okay, well then, see there, 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 there it is. Stop right there. What? That's where we're looking at it differently. You're looking at it from the character point of view. Who's the better character? I'll answer that. The Street Profits easily. They have charisma together. They ooze charisma. I still say Montez Ford is going to be the breakout star. Of that, course. But, that, but that's I another agree. argument for another I agree. time. I'm just saying don't the sleep star, on Angela Dawkins. The star-making performance was Umberto Carrillo because you really didn't know who he was coming into this. And then he went out and had a great match, your words, against the Universal Champion. Of course he did. Uh, so I'm trying so, to, so I'm saying they're all good. The star maker. I'm saying match, all three of them. The star maker was Umberto Carrillo. The thing that we enhanced the Street Profits a little bit more. Just that was their first match. Let, it wasn't a star making match, though. Let, Bill. Let, That's let, what I'm saying. Let me say this: 
We had Sin Cara versus Andrade in a good 12-minute match. You like Andrade, right? Yeah. You're cool with Andrade? Yeah. You think he's a good worker? Yeah, that's my man. And also a good character? You like Zelina I, Vega? Zelina Vega is the character por- portion of it. That, yeah, he doesn't the, speak... He doesn't speak. I don't, English I don't have well. a problem with that. AOP is intriguing me, and they haven't spoken lick of English since they got back on TV. I'll tell you what, AOP versus Viking Raiders is oh, coming oh, down oh, the pike. Okay, and that's, that's be what I'm good. saying. I know. I'm saying that for the first week of the Paul Heyman era, this was a different feeling. Raw, Agreed. it felt different. Agreed. Having the OC versus the Street Profits, having the Street Profits go over. Having I don't a- think that should have been the main event. How about that? You don't think it should have main, been no. the main event? No. What did you want to be the main event? <sighs> nothing. Yeah, given, nothing. Given I know. What you're, given the options, there's, I mean, there's not too many options to go with. Because you hate the WWE. No. Man. What, you're going main event with Sin Cara and Andrade? No, I say main event with the Street Profits versus the OC. That's fun, man. It's fun. Have KO come down. That's good wrestling. The good part about it is, is that you, you're going back to KO and... AJ, that's my takeaway. From well, that. because their last feud was so underwhelming. Very. Now we can agree with that. I think that I think that we were doing the podcast oh, yeah. at this time. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, this was a this was a feud that we were looking forward, forward to, to a lot. Yeah, and it and was. It, it, it did not it live up the to bed. the expectations. I'll say it. It shit the bed. I, I think was, that, I think that everybody's on the same page about that. It was not a good no, feud. It was with two of the best guys. Yeah, and you really didn't have. You didn't really have to do a lot. You just had to just roll the ball out and just let them, you know, settle it in the ring. And that's what I hate about WWE sometimes. It's so character-focused. Sometimes it's just about the title. And in this case, it just has to be about the title. I agree. Sometimes sometimes it just has to be guys that really want the belt. Yeah, who's the better guy? Yes. Okay, Brad, the male ego is a crazy thing. Sometimes it's just about who's better. So now... We can admit that I'm better than you at podcasting. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> moving on. So, uh, I guess we can skip past Rusev. I, I, I don't. I think that Bobby Lashley. I think you, that Bo- we gonna skip past your boy. I love Rusev, and I think that he's. I think that this is not the worst angle. I think that Bobby Lashley looks more comfortable doing this angle than he's been since he came back. You, you think he looks comfortable doing this? Oh yeah, I do. Okay. I do. I don't know. I'd be comfortable laying next to Lana, too. So let's uh we can move over to SmackDown. Not a whole lot to say about SmackDown. Uh Jay Bell came into the bar the other night. I watched SmackDown on a TV uh with the sound off in the bar where I was bartending the other night. Still Jason haven't Bell, watched SmackDown. Jason yet. Bell always comes in and hangs out around eleven thirty or twelve. He does a bunch of shots. <laughs> Not me. Uh <laughs> But yeah, uh, you look like the bad guy here. So a few things happened on Smack. Oh no, there's one more thing we got to talk about. Raw. Sorry, yeah, I thought, I I thought yeah. this. I thought this happened on SmackDown. No, no it happened yeah, on Raw. Raw. Yeah, it's when Ray Mysterio came out. Heyman cut a cool promo on Ray actually, uh, where he says that he goes, "Yeah, Brock's on SmackDown." He goes, "I'm not on either brand." So I and all it takes is that one line of explanation to make shit make sense. WWE doesn't, they fail to do that so often. It's, and it's, it's, it's so easy. Go ahead, yeah. Just say one thing. Yeah. It was just. And it, it would shut up the masses quickly. It, it would. And Paul Heyman did it. He goes, yeah, Brock's, Brock's on SmackDown. He goes, I didn't get drafted to either one. He right. goes, I can come out here and talk shit to you. And kayfabe style, that makes sense. Kayfabe style. Kayfabe style. But non-kayfabe style, that makes sense also because right. everybody knows that. 
most people know the Smarks. They know that Heyman's the one that's running Raw. Um, then Shelton Benjamin came out and did a promo on Ray where he said, you know, I went to University of Minnesota also. Brock Lesnar was my roommate. I trained with Brock Lesnar. Stop which the is, tape. It, it could, this is Paul Heyman right here. Definitely. This definitely. makes sense. Yes, it because did. He it came made total out, sense. He came out, uh, and I'll, I'll say it like this, the Pittsburgh crowd, uh, were they in Pittsburgh on Monday night? Pittsburgh, yeah. Horrible. Absolutely brutal. At no, 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 Cleveland. Cleveland, I'm sorry. Pittsburgh AEW was, was Okay, yeah. they, they were off the chain. Cleveland was horrible. Sh- yeah, because shocker. Flair came out and, and started talking shit about Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Baker Mayfield. Anyway, <laughs> um, what was my point? Oh, that um, when the, that whole, the whole crowd was just brutal off the jump. But then when Shelton Benjamin came out and then explained, okay, I'm Brock's boy. We went to the University of Minnesota. You know, we were together in WWE at a certain point as, you know, a part of this little mini faction. Yeah, so now it makes sense. So now you understand why Shelton Benjamin is picking on Rey Mysterio. Go ahead. Yeah, and it was good. And I thought that was, I mean, that's really good Shelton Benjamin. I think he's been underused ever since he oh, came back. Man, it's dude. like, why'd you even come, come back, back, dude? You can go so many places and well, make some uh, more money. No, I won't. I, no, I, I promise I said, I'll say that at some point I would stop saying this. He probably came back to get his last big check. Yeah. And God bless him for it. Sure. But this is the price to pay for getting the big check. Go ahead. Uh, Kane Velasquez came out to defend Ray's honor, I guess. And then uh, – <laughs> I guess. <laughs> And then Kay Velasquez <laughs> proceeded to give the worst beatdown, the worst fake beatdown this side of Shane McMahon Ooh. that I've ever seen in WWE ever. Like, I know that you can't tell a guy who's an actual MMA fighter to pull his punches, and I know you can't teach that. But for everybody who told me on Twitter that when I said, hey, you know what, Kay Velasquez coming out and being the – the SmackDown surprise on the first Friday night SmackDown was a big wet fart. And everybody came out to me and said, oh, you don't know who Cain Velasquez is? Yeah, motherfuckers. I know who Cain Velasquez is. I know he's a big, tough guy that could probably whoop 99.9% of, people's, 99.9% of people's asses in the entire world. I know that. But that's not why I watch wrestling. I watch wrestling because I want them to fake fight. And you know what? His He's fake, up. His fake punches were the worst fake punches that I've ever seen in my life. And people say, oh, well, do you want him to actually hurt somebody? Should he hurt somebody? I Oh, if he hurt somebody, you'd be so mad at him. Did The Undertaker ever hurt anybody? He's the the Undertaker's up. punches? Were The Undertaker's great-looking punches? Did they ever hurt anybody? No, they didn't. Kane Velasquez is a fucking green motherfucking wrestler who should not be in the position that he's in. And it's a big wet fart when you bring him out on Fox, especially when nobody on Fox knows who he is either. He's none of the wrestlers, none of the wrestling fans know who he is. None, my dog's getting ready to hump me, and she's not even a dude. Fuck Cain Velasquez. Those punches were the worst. God damn, that takedown was so terrible. It was like watching... What, what was that show on MTV? 
Tough Enough. It was like watching Tough Enough. It was Ooh. like watching Tough Enough, dudes. Damn. Okay. It was like watching Ooh, those there. idiots <laughs> trying to fucking learn how to fake fight. It's wrestling. I will give you the the punches were not good. They it was not for those who not were, not good. They were awful. They were pretty fucking bad. Okay? Awful. They were pretty fucking bad. Let's just call it for what it and is. And Vic Joseph had to say, "Look at those punches." Yeah, Vic Joseph. They the, look terrible. Yeah, the the camera was not really doing him justice at that point. It, it seemed like every time they switched away, they, it would be like you know a punch in parent or not parentheses, but quotations, whatever the case may be. I'll just say this: terrible. It, it was not a good look. The execution of it was poor. The setup was, of it was great. I just, I don't know how this thing at in Saudi is going to work, man. Because, I mean, if that's the indication of what's getting ready to happen, I mean, Brock should then be, should be just murdering this dude. It shouldn't even be close. No. This is not. I mean, to compare, to say that we're going to have, Sorry to cut you off, but no, no. I'm, I'm so fired up about this. But He's to say that there is some sort of comparison between Cain Velasquez and they're like, well, he's an MMA guy. He's going to be like Brock Lesnar. When he can't – Brock Lesnar looks awesome when he fights. Maybe because he went into WWE when he was so young and started fake wrestling when he was so young after his college – profession and then he went to and then he went to UFC or MMA and then he came back out and started wrestling again. But Brock Lesnar I I'll tell you what, Cain Velasquez better be able to fucking sell. Because Brock Lesnar sells like a motherfucker. Brock Lesnar sells think, like Dolph Ziggler. And I think that's gonna be the the key to getting this match over is that Brock is probably going to retain. I'll just say it. I'm not gonna watch it. By the time we record next week, I think we should have already known what happens. The There's only thing nothing I, on that. Card the only thing I want to know that is is Bray gonna lose. Outside of that, I can give two rat asses about this whole pay per view. None of it interests me at all. I might have said this last week, but doesn't Kane have a knee injury? So Rock might attack his knee, and so in kayfabe style, kayfabe style, Brock, uh, Brock will injure Kane for six months so we can recover anything, and then Kane will come back. Kane should never hold the WWE title, though. You can't hold the WWE title when you throw punches like that. It was awful, man. And you're wrestling against Shelton Benjamin, who is... The, no, he should be pro. able to make you look good. He's a pro's pro. He should be able to make you look good. He is and a those, pro. Those, the guy's been doing it forever. The guy's a stud. Those punches were not not good at all. And I, get, and I, I agree with what you said. It's going to be hard to tell somebody to dial it down pull punches, whatever verbiage you want to use. Moving. The performance center needs to embrace Cain Velasquez because he knows how to do MMA. Yeah. This is an MMA. Yeah, he should be and, down there with 20-year-old dudes and, trying and, to and just there, learn how to take knock, It's not a knock against Cain Velasquez. Yes, I mean, it is. He, he needs Well, it's work. a knock against Vince McMahon, then. Like why would you okay, put him fine. in this position? Yeah, there you go. There you go. It's a knock against Vince McMahon because you know you know better. You ain't got no business putting this man in this spot. No you, business. You're getting paid buku bucks. You'd be better off th- putting Shorty G there. You probably have a better match. Oh, of course. Of course you'd have a better match with Shorty G versus Brock Lesnar. Fuck, I'd pay to watch I that match. I can't believe I acknowledge the fact that you said Shorty G. Let's talk about Shorty G for a Dude, second. Dude, that's horrible. 
That's fucking horrible. I've come back. I've come around. That's fucking horrible. I'm okay with it. No, what? I'm okay with his name being Shorty G. What? Are you kidding me right now? Once again, I'm going to call up the hypocrisy of all you fucking smarks, and I'm going to say that if there was a guy named Shorty G in AEW, you guys guys would all be fine with it. Oh, his name's Shorty G? Oh, what's what's these guys' names? Jurassic Express? Oh, fuck yeah. I love Jurassic Express. See, no. What's this guy's name? Here's the problem Luchasaurus? Oh, he wrestles in a dinosaur Max? Mask? Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Oh, this guy's name is Shorty G in WWE? Fuck that. It's a terrible name. His no, name see, should here's be Chad the problem Gable. With that. Yeah, because his name is Chad Gable, and then you decided- What's Luchasaurus' real name? I don't give a fuck what Luchasaurus' name is. To me, it's Luchasaurus, and that's it. That's I'm going to stick to it until we prove otherwise. So until you show me papers re- that say- Was I'm called him Luchasaurus, I'm going to call him Luchasaurus. Wasn't he on Big Brother or something? I don't know. Yeah, if fucking WWE decided to bring in a guy from Big brother put the dinosaur mask on him and said his name's luchasaurus you'd be okay with it hell no i wouldn't be okay I with know. it hell no so he'd be the dumbest fucking thing ever i know so there's double standards here so i said that luchasaurus is dumb i said jurassic express is dumb you and zach both said that i was a i was a madman you guys were no like, oh, no no oh See, jurassic no, no jurassic express i go jurassic express sounds you, worse you, than viking Raiders. you don't like the name that's fine you can't deny the talent, number one. You can't deny Shorty G's talent either. I'm but calling I'm Shorty not going to call him Shorty G. I'm that's calling horrible. Sh- I'm no, calling him Shorty G from here on. No, that's horrible. His name is Shorty G. Man, but his mama called him Chad Gable. I'm calling him Chad Gable. I'm pretty sure that Chad Gable was a Vince McMahon creation. No, Fine, yeah, I, whatever. I think his parents called him Shorty G. Whatever. Shut Vince up. tried no out way. Chad Gable. That's horrible, man. I mean, damn. So we're, so we going to have this dude... Be Shorty a, G. Handsome talent and call him Shorty G. Yeah, man. who gives a shit? His name's Shorty G. They're giving him a push, paper, though, dog. right? Get don't that you, paper. Don't you want Chad Gable to get a push, though? I want, want Chad me- Gable to get a push, yeah. All right, so he's going to get a push, but his name's Shorty G. Who the fuck gives a shit? Can't, don't you want to watch him wrestle? <sighs> ah, yeah, I got him speechless. No, got J. Bell no, speechless, everybody. That'll do it to our three counts. All right, Jay Bell, what's the three count? <laughs> asshole. <laughs> <laughs> right, girl, cut me off. That's okay. Three count is going to be the expansion of New Japan coming over to the great land of the United States. Announced, I guess it was Monday, Tuesday? Monday. Tuesday, Monday of this week. Yeah. That New Japan is going to have its own American brand starting, I believe, next year, uh, 2020. I can't remember the dates off the top of my head. Is it a brand or is it just a tour? I think it's, I thought it was going to be a brand. It would start with a tour of certain dates. Uh, I think they announced like two or three to jump off. But ultimately, I think this would be the answer to what NXT Japan is for uh, Triple H or whatever. Because that's like, you know, he's got, you already have NXT. But that's not going to happen though, right? You never know. I mean, it would be a lot easier to have an NXT Japan and keep guys over in their native land versus trying to bring them over here to the United States and have them train in uh, Orlando and have them basically uproot their whole lives and live in Orlando. If you could get a foot root in there, why not do so? see NXT Japan. I think this is going to be the same thing ultimately down the line. I don't think it's going to start off like a AEW type deal. 
I would say that in my estimation, you would see the guys like um, Clark Connors, uh, Carl Fredrickson, the young, uh, the LA Dojo guys, sprinkle in your uh, Hiroshi Godos, uh, obviously, because he has LA Dojo ties. You can get some of the New Japan guys to come over because, I mean, it's not like they're not already coming over to begin with. But I don't think it's going to be a brand per se off the start. You'll have some firm U.S. dates, and I think somewhere down the line you would have a New Japan brand a year, two years down the line. But I think the main thing is is to get the dates in, get firm dates. Because so, I'm, so, I'm sorry, for me, if you're in the – New Japan guy here in the United States, it's going to be hard to go see them in Japan. But if you're telling me, oh, they're going to be this date here, this date there, this date there, you can at least now start to plan around being in one of those three dates, and then you can move on from there. So let me ask you this. Uh, do you think that's a good idea for them to start an American division of NJPW right now, especially when the – American wrestling scene is almost oversaturated. Like there is, yeah. Um, like you and I have to watch wrestling so we can bring it to the people. You know true, what I mean? Otherwise, true. otherwise, I don't only watch. You know, <laughs> I probably only watch TNA every week. But I mean, I have to watch the rest of it for the people. Yeah, I was about to say that's Tuesday. I can't wait. Um, is it I know, and TNA is starting right now. TNA is starting this Tuesday live on Access. Also, so there's all this wrestling. That's and, why I think they're going with with dates instead of here is a full blown brand. Because God forbid if it doesn't, I think the dates will work because of its association with New Japan. I think there's that term, there's that phrase, you should strike while the iron is hot, and I think that New Japan waited until it cooled down just a little bit too much. I love New Japan. If I could only watch one yeah. promotion yeah. It, right it, now, it's my it, number one. it would be New Japan because it's the best. It's the best storytelling. It's the best wrestling. It's the best out of all of it, in my opinion. I know that there's... Something for yeah, every yeah, something means. for everybody out wow, there. Please, but New Japan's my favorite. That's my number one as well. I'll say this, but uh, the, they but, uh, yeah. they did not strike while the iron was hot. But I mean, what do you what would you really want them to do? I mean, I think they should be where AEW is. Okay, but I, then you probably should have just been like, okay, let's just go ahead and have some sort of partnership and just trade off talent. No, control before, this side, before, we get this AD, side. before AEW was even a thing, before it was even a thought in their minds, New Japan. Now, okay, I, well, I, this, I, I this know there's been, lots of logistics that this would have been like, okay, let's just play devil's advocate. This has been like two or three years ago when they came to uh, San Francisco, the Cow Palace. Right. The very first time that New Japan very came to the States, it was a big deal. Cody Rose is part of that show. Okay. Now, if you wanted to try to do it then, okay, you might, you probably had a chance to do it. As that time has progressed, New Japan, at least for myself, I can't speak for others because, I mean, I know there's others that, Zach, God bless him, he's watched it far longer than probably the two of us combined. For those people, this, this is already their thing. You know, they've already been roped into it. For me, that was the start at the Cow Palace, and now I've been roped into it. 
if you wanted to do it, that was that first year. If you wanted to try to get it in, that's when you probably should have did it. Now you've got, you like you said, you probably waited a little too long. Now you have this organization, that organization, that Just organization. Just imagine, imagine if the the second most popular wrestling promotion in the USA right now wasn't AEW. Imagine if it was Jericho, Kenny Omega, Okada, fucking Naito, right? Uh, Ibushi, right? Evil, see, evil. Okay, fucking Lance see, Archer, who's the new uh, Intercontinental Champ? No, no, U.S. Champ. Our U.S. Champ. But see, I, I, uh, Archer wasn't even like in my top ten. See, and that, I like told, I could name all sorts of guys that I like. I, I'm gonna keep saying I told you so about Lance Archer. Um. Just say you told me so about New Japan because no. you were right the whole way. No, dude, New I, Japan I, I is my lab, New Japan is the best. No, it, it, it blame Zach for that because he he said it to me and I finally started to watch it. I was like, holy shit, this is fucking amazing. I started to make this motherfucker watch it. He's like, holy shit, this is fucking amazing. So ultimately, blame Zach for the whole not, New Japan no, thing. He'll get no credit. For that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this just because you were saying like Naito and Ibushi and Okada, I don't think that is what they wanted as, like, a new Japan U.S. I'm thinking more like this is more United States-born stars, but this is in under the New Japan umbrella, if that makes sense. You'll sprinkle yeah. in. Then they're going to have to dig into a lot of those uh, Dragon Gate guys. They're going to have to yeah, dig and into that's a lot of those uh, PWG guys. Right. Yes. That's why I was under, at least that's what my impression was, okay? I'm not sure. I didn't read the read the press conference. I didn't we, watch the press conference. You don't think we can convince all those Japanese guys to just move over here to St. Louis and just start doing shows? Shit, don't and, I wish uh, it make my job make my job easier. <laughs> no, I have no idea what he said, but he sounds pissed off. Um, like I said, I think the dates are a good start, but you do have a really good point. It's and we were talking about this before we even got on air. Just on a day-to-day basis, there is something on somewhere to find that you have to watch on a day-to-day basis, and it's going to be hard for them to come in at this point and make it an impact. I think it, it, you should just stick to the dates, have New Japan come over when it's possible, but to have a full-blown brand is probably too much. And that's going to do for our three counts. JCB, tell us about F&B Eatery. F&B Eatery are on the corner of 3453 Southampton. You know, I ate there this weekend. What? I ate there this weekend. Man, you do. Introduced myself to your boy. God damn, man. I know. Now, see, you were talking. Then you do the spot. What'd you have? I had the sausage, egg, and cheese sandwich. So it was breakfast, so this was. Yeah, I'm a breakfast guy. So this was a weekend, Saturday, Sunday? It was Sunday morning. Okay, so for those who don't know. It was delish. Oh, obviously, otherwise we wouldn't be talking about it, but thank you for that. So that's kind of my point I was going to make before you even said that. Our hours are a little different. So in this case, for Bill's example, he went on a Saturday or Sunday. Sunday. Sunday morning. I, I, I'm a simple guy. I like sausage, egg, and cheese on some toast or on a biscuit, and I got exactly what I wanted. It was fire. Okay. 
I wish I had one right now, to be honest. Nine to two. Right now. <laughs> I like breakfast for dinner. Dude, I was about to say, I love, I'm a breakfast guy, too. I was going to say, I'm a pancakes, scrambled eggs, Hell sausage, yeah. bacon. Give it all to me. Biscuits browns. and gravy. Back the fuck up. <laughs> don't, uh, don't look at me like that, Reba. Belabor my point. Nine to two on Saturdays and Sundays closed on Mondays. Then we back open on Tuesdays. Normal business hours from eleven to eight. They take a little break in between three to four just to get, get things set up for a busy dinner service, as it always is at F and B Eatery. Go check them out. F and B Eatery, thirty four fifty three Southampton. Tell them that Ban from Ringside sent you. This is Ban from Ringside. All right, so just a couple odds and ends because we've covered a lot of stuff. It's amazing how much stuff we can get through when Zach's not here. See you wrong. Uh, <laughs> you so wrong. Uh, Bailey got her haircut. Uh, she, you know, Bailey's uh, yeah. real name is Pam, and now she looks like a Pam. Stop. Uh, she got, got a pretty good promo. Uh, I know you didn't watch SmackDown. Uh, Wasn't I, much to see. Uh, Sasha Banks came out with her. They were on Ms. TV. It was fine. Uh, uh, Nikki I'm Cross assuming that out. they, okay, they didn't tease about a possible match down the line. That's what I was with reading. With those two? Yeah, that's no. what I was reading on Twitter. Not, okay, never mind. not that I saw. Okay. Nick, Nikki Cross won the six-pack. Challenge. So it's Nikki Cross versus Nikki Bailey. Cross versus Bailey. Uh, yeah. Braun Strowman came out and squashed Gulak, which I wasn't a really big fan of. It's like, why? whoa, 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 whoa. Drew Gulak's on SmackDown. Yeah, he got squashed by Braun Strowman. I told really? you. I told you that the night you came. Yeah, into that's the bar, right. I, yeah, I forgot. You about might have that. been high. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Guilty as charged. Uh, you already mentioned Brazongo. I love Brazongo. Dude, that fucking gimmick is so if they what you what you should do with brazongo is have them have a different gimmick every week oh yeah the the week before they came in as like construction workers workers, yeah now they're like you know airplane guys i just think they're criminally underused like i think that brazong i think that fandango especially is a guy that's super talented that can wrestle that has lots of charisma i just think he's so criminally underused um, no, they're 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 in NXT. They'll they'll be fine there. I was going to say they'll be the entertainment portion of NXT, which yeah, is always. Yeah, I just think needed. they're gonna, just going to keep jobbing out. I'd like to see him. No, they won this week. Oh yeah, well they won with it was more of a showcase for Swerve. You're right though, but yeah, yeah they, but they, they won. They won, a, they won a three on three match. That's right. Um, Young Bucks had a match, uh, which was cool. I can't remember who they fought. Uh, best friends. That's right. The best friends. Orange Cassidy. Are you asking me if I'm cool with Orange Cassidy? Yeah, I'm. I don't get it. Uh, we've never talked about this. Yeah, I get it. Um, I get that AEW is trying to do something for everybody. Orange Cassidy is certainly not like anything else we've ever seen. Jim Cornette would fucking hate it. Oh yeah, I'm sure he's already sounded off on. And Orange so, Cassidy at if some you're point. telling me that Jim Cornette hates it, that means that it's probably pretty all right. <laughs> I mean, li- listen, like, I-, I love the NWA power as much as the next guy. Dude, I'm but, sorry. That, like, that Joker is really fucking good. I've, I've already said in this podcast that wrestling, there's room in professional wrestling for all sorts of different stuff. It's like hip-hop or rock and roll. Like, there's all sorts of different hip-hop you fair. can like. There's all sorts of rock and roll you can like. There's all sorts. It's an art form. There's all sorts of wrestling that you can like. It doesn't have to be your favorite, but there's room for everybody. No, and Orange Cassidy is the— I just don't get it. What I always say to people that 
know me and they're like, why do you like professional wrestling? Like, the first thing I always say is, well, first of all, it's the weirdest thing out there. There's, <laughs> no- there's nothing stranger than professional wrestling. It's a bunch of people going out there fake fighting, telling stories, but at the same time, it's kind of Shakespearean. Yeah. It's also kind of biblical. It's like yeah, good versus evil. evil. It's it's all this shit. Right. But there's room enough for everybody. No, agree. So Orange Cassidy, I just kind of like it just because it's so fucking weird. It's I'm not, like, yeah, I was getting ready to say, and don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking it. I just, I don't get the gimmick, I guess, is the, the better choice of words. Yeah, He's, and that's cool. You I don't mean, hate it, though, right? No, I don't hate it. It's just kind of like, you know... I don't a pop like when he pop comes out. I'm just like, okay, it's Orange Cassidy. Now when he does, you know, hands him up in the pocket, I'm diving off of the, you know, fill in the blank. Okay, now I'm popping because that shit's cool. Right on. Uh, so, oh my god, my house is getting attacked yeah, by all sorts of people. We gotta go. Uh, <laughs> so the dogs are here. Hold on a second. Hey Murray, I know which button. Is. Rabbit fever. For FB Eatery. Check. For JJ Twigs on South Ham. Check. For Tender Mahal. For Murray the Murray Man Murray. Check. For Lucha Chris. Check. For Two Beer Zach Pullman. For Sam Muller Man. Mr. Muller. Check. For Reba. Check. For my wife who gave me this whole room. For Jason Cornelius Bell. Job and Leach. Oh, and for Vice. Oh, my, my man, Vice. He gave Vice, me, he he gave me Joe Leach. Hey, everybody, boo the heat. Boo!